0: Please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading this book will make you dangerous. And now, let's start the show. You are listening to the new man beyond the macho jerk and the new age wimp. Your host is Men's Coach Trip Lemire. You ever feel like your life's
1: in a rut and you want more aliveness? Have you ever worried about what your partner thinks of your performance in the bedroom? And how do our brains impact our ability to feel aroused? Somatic sex educator Alyssa Maureen is back to discuss masturbation and how it relates to so many things in our lives. Today, we're gonna talk about why it's uncomfortable to talk about it, how it can strengthen our relationship, and why it can open the door to a much more enjoyable life. I'm on a new brain pill this morning, a brain supplement. So if if, if, oh, the, yeah. if the conversation goes a little wacky, I'll uh,
2: <laughs> blame that. I can
1: blame it on that. What is it? I won't say. I get stuff to sent to me, and so if it doesn't work, I don't like to be like, oh, your product's shit or whatever. But
2: what's it supposed to do? It's
1: just you know, it's one of those. It's not a stimulant, but it's supposed to.
2: One of those new tropic. Yeah,
1: but I can see people's auras from, from and <laughs> see through walls now.
2: <laughs> Great. That's, That's just what I've noticed easy. in the
1: last thirty minutes. So
2: it's going to be an interesting <laughs> talk today. <laughs> I have a question: When you record, do you just do video, or, or do you just do audio, or do you record video too?
1: Just the video, or okay. excuse me, just the audio. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> They have okay. to take the pills to then be able to, to attune to what is being said.
2: <laughs> Great, so I can make weird faces and <laughs> no one's gonna know. You're gonna
1: be fine. <laughs> okay, let's talk about masturbation. Is that the preferred word or self pleasure? What's the what's the what's the word? We can
2: talk about that on because
1: it seems a little loaded. There,
2: masturbation. Yeah. I generally use the term self pleasure, but people don't really know what I'm talking about. No so
1: ma- masturbation. I I don't I don't know. I hear I hear people throw around self pleasure too, and it sounds like
2: okay. Great, that's my preferred word because to masturbate actually means to harm with your hand. Harm
1: that's, with your hand.
2: Uh huh.
1: <laughs> Beat your meat. That, okay. Well, I'm seeing where all these terms come from because they're actually really derived from masturbation. So yeah, yeah, beating your meat. Uh, what are some of the Jerking other? Jerking off. Jerking off. Uh-huh.
2: Uh huh. Punch the clown. That, so that was many. one of my favorites. I haven't heard that one. Punch the clown. No, charming the one eyed snake. Charming? Charming uh, the one eyed snake.
1: Charming. That doesn't sound too violent. Oh,
2: it's kind of nice. Yeah. Uh, you look so nice today.
1: You look nice today, <laughs> snake.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: All right. So masturbating has a violent self harm that quality and
2: also really shaming
1: shaming right. so when i'm doing this i'm hurting myself is that that's essentially what the the word right. says okay right so self-pleasure has like hey let's go have, let's have a little party
2: well, yeah that and it's it tends to be a little bit broader right than masturbate
1: not just self-pleasure not,
2: opens up possibilities for all kinds of things
1: okay so it's not just hey i'm gonna go to town on my genitals here it could just be whatever feels yeah. good.
2: okay yeah
1: all right so you and I have we're having a conversation recently and you said something about um, you said something somebody somebody had said change the way you masturbate and change your life is that what you said what was the what yeah was the quote?
2: one of uh, that's exactly it change how you masturbate change your life and um, it's from a guy who started the modality that I'm trained in somatic like sex education
1: okay what does that? Okay, so what what did that mean? What does that mean to have if we change the way we masturbate, we we change our lives?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think it's you know when you start to put focused attention on anything and start to make shifts and changes on it, whether it's you know your diet or exercise or self pleasure, masturbation or sex. Trying to think of other things, music you decide to start playing an instrument. When you start really bringing your attention to something and mindfulness to it, whatever it is, it starts to ripple out into your life is part of it. But a deeper cut is that masturbation, self-pleasure is one of our most habituated behaviors. We tend to all do it. I mean, we, we each have our own ways of doing it but we do it in the same way every time, usually pretty rushed, usually pretty unintentional and without much mindfulness in it or awareness of what's happening. It's just like a race towards an orgasm, right? And that coupled with all of the shame and fear and like little that we're inculturated into around sex and our bodies and our genitals, creates this disconnect between our bodies and our pleasure and our sexuality and the rest of our lives. And so if you start to come back in to this part of your life, into your genitals, into pleasure, bringing a little bit of mindfulness into masturbation, it can connect you in with your body and with your power and with your pleasure in a way that ripples out in big ways like well, I'll stop and let you say things because
1: I said a lot of things. Okay. Well, so what I'm getting is that the way that most of us is it, it might, I don't know if it's just cultural or not, but, but that the, at least in our culture, how we associate with masturbation is I got to get this and get it done. It's dirty. It's not desirable. If somebody catches me, it's going to be a big deal.
2: Exactly. Exactly. So often it's like, oh my God, I'm alone for, I have, you know, 10 minutes in my bedroom before my mom's going to knock on the door. I got to get this done quickly. (laughs) When you're a kid, that's when you start to lay down these patterns. I thought you were going to be serious. I know. Joking matter.
1: I mean, that was true. I mean, I grew up and I would masturbate and I'd be like, okay, that's it. I'm done. I'm never going to do it again. Sure. And then, you know, a few hours later, it's like, all right, this, this is it. This is the last time. And I thought I was the only one, right? I was like, oh, the, the, the cool guys aren't masturbating. You know, this is a, this is a sign of weakness that Mm -hmm. if I'm masturbating, where did that, I'm just curious, do you understand where this came from? Was it just a thing that got passed down religiously? Like, it doesn't seem like it was hurting anybody. So why? It was like, well, we gotta stop with the masturbation because everybody's going blind or whatever. I can understand why they would, like don't eat pork because you get sick. But it was like, what was the, what was the big deal with masturbation? Why why we had to make why we had to demonize that?
2: It's a that's a whole can of worms because there's actually a lot of history to it that's really interesting. But in the states, um, it can be traced back to a doctor who created Kellogg's cereal, Harvey Kellogg's, totally true story. You can look it up on Wikipedia. It's ridiculous. But he had this whole like sex is bad and masturbation is absolutely like horrible and should not happen. Sex needs to because we need to procreate. But masturbation is like harmful more from a health standpoint than from a religious standpoint. That was what he was coming in with. And he did ridiculous things to, little boys and little girls that I won't get into to try and stop them from masturbating. But it's really his work that, um, that has in the U S uh, he didn't really catch on in Europe in the same way, or, I mean, the rest of the world didn't really count at the time. And this was in the 1800s so the 19th century. Um, But he was really, he gained a lot of traction and a lot of power. And that's where a lot of the misunderstandings and the stories that we have around what will happen if you masturbate come from.
1: Wow. One guy? Really?
2: (laughs) One guy. One guy. And I mean, he was like the most recent one in a series of men, um, primarily in the church. Of course, the Catholic Church had a lot to say about it as well. But he was the most recent one. And he's really... This is another can of worms, but he's really why, and you maybe don't want me to say this, but, um, it's because of him that we still circumcise men in our boys in the U S.
1: Wow. That would stop
2: it. That was his thought. (laughs) I I don't think anything worked.
1: He failed miserably. Yeah. All right. Wow. Okay. So Um, it's been, what I'm getting is there's been a long line of like, Hey, masturbation is not cool. And there's there's been cats like him the whole along the way that have perpetuated this idea. For some reason he had a real hair up his ass about this and, and decided he was gonna stop it once and for all. And and yeah. so he's kinda of more the latest, but it's been one of these perpetuated things that we're not really challenging until now. We're starting yeah. to become more aware of it. And we're starting to see wait a second, masturbation doesn't have to be this thing that I go run off and do and hopefully nobody catches Me and Uh you know, it's a bad thing. It it can, what could it be? What could masturbation be? Um, What's the opportunity here for somebody listening here? Because I get that we could, and then we can start to talk about how it's going to impact the rest of our lives. But what could self pleasuring and what could masturbation be? What do you see possible?
2: I mean, it can be a lot of fun, right? Like here you are with your body in this capacity for a lot of pleasure. And so it can just be fun and feel good that's, that's the main thing for me. And it's just,
1: it's a lot of fun. It doesn't have to be a a race.
2: It, It doesn't have to be a race. It can be an exploration into what's possible. Part of what happens when we're young and we learn, we discover this thing about our body that it's like, we, we, um, intuit that we're not supposed to do whether or not anyone tells us don't masturbate. We intuit that it's not okay or that it's shameful or should at the very least be very private. And so we end up with a really limited scope of how we find pleasure. Whereas if you start to explore and get curious, you can um, expand your erotic map really considerably and find all sorts of different ways of touching yourself, of moving your body, of breathing that feel really good and add to and enhance your pleasure.
1: I see this movement that's happening in the world. Like when I was in college, we drank shitty beer and we liked shitty beer because it was just what we drank. And now I see that there's all of these different flavors of beer and people are getting uh-huh. really – at a young age, people are – young legal age, people are learning to discern the different types of beer and they enjoy these types. They have – they've developed their palate for these things. And I and I, – I, I'm <laughs> over – oh, now you're going to laugh. I'm being serious no, here. So I
2: was <laughs> just going to say it's like you're talking about hipster masturbating. <laughs> yeah
1: hipster masturbating so <laughs> you got to put on it all right so the but the idea is that we're starting to we can we can find greater enjoyment in mm-hmm. life if we're willing to slow down and pay attention we don't have to just settle you know settle for natural light or the bush light draft of of pleasure that if we really slow down it's like oh but I actually enjoy this over here this is what's more enjoyable for me that enriches my life more I've got more energy I've got more aliveness um. Instead of oh well, this is just all there is. Maybe I don't really like sex. Maybe I don't really like this kind of thing. Right. It's uncomfortable. Maybe I'm it's, not
2: very good at it.
1: Maybe I'm not really good at it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Okay. Yeah.
1: Um. Is you work with guys? You also work with women, obviously. I mean, most of us have been brought up to believe that guys are the only ones that are masturbating. Are, are is is there? Uh, what's what's can we can we start to blow up some of these myths that only guys yeah, are the ones that are masturbating?
2: Yeah. I mean, I think most women do. Um, I've come across a few that never did until they were in their thirties, forties, twenties, somewhere in there where it just never occurred to them or they didn't think they were supposed to or something like that. So that's what's happened. I've never heard of that happening with a guy. Um, but, but it is different for women. I think there's more, stigma around it for women in some ways at least when I was growing up it was like we knew the guys were jerking off because they would sort of make jokes about it mm. and I'm a little bit younger than you so maybe that was different in my generation like it was in movies and tv shows people would sort of joke about jerking off and but never women like women never pleasuring by the way <laughs> not jerking off <laughs> so it's very serious sometimes you jerk off and it's okay <laughs> But yeah, women definitely do and should like, it's, it's your first in, in some ways, I think your primary sexual relationship should be with yourself.
1: Yeah. If I don't, Mm. if I don't have a good sexual relationship with myself, then that's going to ripple out, as you say, into my interactions with others. And if I'm not in touch with my body and I don't really know what I like, then here comes this other person and there's this weird thing there. Um, before we get into that part, I want to I mm-hmm. want to come back to something because there's a I get that there's different types like how we associate or what happens when we're masturbating. For for guys it can be very visual if they're if they're using porn. Mm-hmm. Uh it can be related to fantasy,
2: mm-hmm.
1: right? And then the, and then there's just the actual like what's happening in my body and I'm really tuned into what what's mm-hmm. happening in my body. So What's the impact of having? And I'm sure there, there's probably other styles or whatever. You know, other other.
2: Those are uh, sort of the main. Those are ones. the main ones.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, so how does that how does that affect us? That when we associate self pleasure with either getting into a fantasy or losing ourselves in whatever we're watching uh-huh. or being in our body, how does it talk uh-huh. about that a little bit?
2: Yeah, my main thing around that is there's nothing wrong or inherently better about any of those three ways, right? So whether you're watching porn or fantasizing or really just with the experience in your body, none is inherently better or worse than the other. However, if you can only use one of those things or two of those things to find pleasure, so usually it's like, I can only watch porn to get aroused or I can, I can't get aroused without fantasy or I can't come without fantasy. Um, you want to start to bring in things you can do to help that, to help you expand that out. So you're not stuck in, Oh, I have to use fantasy or I have to use porn to get turned on and get off.
1: What, what is the problem? Sense? Yeah, well, let's go in there. So, so if I can only get off if I'm using fantasy or I can only get uh-huh. off with using porn, why is that a problem? I just want to spell it out. Why is that a problem? Why would well, that be a
2: problem? It, I mean, it can impact what happens for you with a partner where you might then, even when you have a partner in front of you, have to go away from them in order to get aroused or have an orgasm, which... For a lot of men, um, even if their partner doesn't know that it's happening, it can cause a lot of internal conflict and guilt and shame that, oh my God, like here's this beautiful woman who I love and I can't get turned on with her um, or I can't really enjoy myself with her. So it adds more shame, anxiety, fear, guilt, all of those things to something that's already really loaded. Um, And it's going to limit your pleasure. Because so often when you're focused out here on something or out here like porn or you're focused on a fantasy, you're less connected to what's happening in your body and then less able to follow and respond to the desires and impulses that are showing up for you. And so, um, so you miss out on things. Mm -hmm. So one easy way to work with this, can I give you an easy way to play with, with it is to, um, just alternate. So you might have porn on in front of you and you're self-pleasuring with porn and you set a timer and you do that for a minute and then you push pause on the porn and then you come in and just self-pleasure with your own body for a minute. And then you go back to the porn back to your body, just alternating back and forth for a minute or two, which is going to start to, this is literally about building new pathways in your brain and in your nervous system for pleasure and arousal to happen
1: I wish I could remember who uh, was there was a guest I had on I'll put it in the show notes but there was a um, a gentleman that came on the show and we talked about the impact of of just pornography on the development of the brain and Mm -hmm. how um, guys that didn't grow up with with internet porn I'm I'm in part of that generation we learned that we could fantasize and and we learned to just masturbate with our hands and that kind of thing Mm -hmm. and actually be in our Mm -hmm. body but he said, there's younger people that are coming up that, that will, they as their brains are developing, they only have visual stimulation mm-hmm. and they don't develop that part of the brain to actually connect with their body. So I love, and he was like, those, those guys have, are the, those at a very young age, they're having erectile dysfunction. Like they can't mm-hmm. get it up with a young person, with a young mm-hmm. woman or, um, and so that's a real downer. And, um, but what you're saying here is like, this may be one of the ways that we can rewire our brains. If we're finding that, Hey, I can stimulate myself with pornography, but when it comes to being with my partner, I don't really feel stimulated. I'm having erectile dysfunction or I can't, you know, I'm not aroused. This would be one of the ways that we could start to separate that and start to develop those neural pathways. And Hey, maybe I'm not in a bad relationship. I've actually, when, when guys that I've worked with and they give up porn for a while, it's like, wow, my relationship's amazing. It's like, yeah, no right. shit. You, you've you've rewired your, you know, you're not stimulating that part of your brain to go outside of the relationship yeah. and out into this other kind of fantasy world. You're actually returning back to the to the relationship you're in here, and you're finding arousal there uh, yeah. when you're not when you're not mixing it up. So,
2: yeah. And what's great about it too, the alternating is that it makes use of pathways that are already really strong. To then make it easier to build the new ones. Sometimes when you just, if you sort of stop cold turkey and you're like, okay, no more porn or no fantasizing, it can be really frustrating. And you end up having these unsuccessful quote unquote experiences that further, that, that make you less likely to keep working on this new capacity to just be with your body and the pleasure in it. And so that's why the alternation can be really important.
1: Is that part of the course that you do? The the sovereign We'll talk section?
2: about this, yeah. So we'll definitely talk about because the whole thing ultimately is about expanding um so many things, but expanding your erotic map, expanding um your understandings and experiences of pleasure, sex and relationship really, and all rooted in different self pleasure practices. So this is one of the practices that we'll go into.
1: I I like this because, like you said, you're not making it the cold turkey, and we're not creating this big. You know, okay, this is the bad zone, and you can't go down this bad zone. I was like well, as soon as you do that, then it's well, I want to go in the bad zone, right? So it's just. But now it's like okay, I want to ex- if I've got a reason why I want to expand. Let's say that I'm that I'm not feeling as aroused as I want to feel with my partner. Uh-huh. This is this is one of the ways that if I if I'm already doing a behavior, I can start to find different ways to shift. Out of that behavior, instead of making it wrong, introducing shame, introducing guilt, and um, it just feels healthier to me. Because this is about having fun. It's it's still about sure. enjoyment and self pleasure, and not turning masturbation into work or our sex lives into work. Which I think some folks can do. They can turn it into another project, and it's like that's a freaking drag. So
2: no, yeah, I mean that's not at all what it's about, and that's <laughs> why I like to do baby steps too. So you're just – because sometimes when people are like, okay, my sex life isn't working, I'm going to do a total overhaul, right? Like we're going to do – I see this with couples sometimes where it's like, okay, we're going to do these tantric breathing practices and we're going to do this thing and we're going to do this position. And it just becomes this whole overwhelming thing that they can't possibly do.
1: Yeah, it's like the last thing I want to do is go have sex because then it's work.
2: It's work and it's so complex that it's not actually helpful. It's just overwhelming. And so it's for me really about taking baby steps. It's like, let's, let's add one thing in, let's experiment with one thing, try breathing like this, you know, whatever it is, but simple little adjustments.
1: And there's a, there's a, there's an an edge here, which is many guys will look to sex and their, their sexual performance as a way to gauge their self-worth for lack of a better term, am I a man? Am I a real man? Am I making her come? Am I lasting a long time? There's a lot of this stuff gets wrapped up. Like how, it, however I'm doing in bed is, is, is kind of de, is determining how well I'm doing in life. Like I might have so a lot true. of money, but I still might feel very powerless in the bedroom. Yes. Um, I, so I I've worked with guys that were millionaires and they called themselves two pump chumps. You know, it's just like, They they and they held this like they they would walk around the world like I'm just not a very powerful guy. So it sounds like this is a way to start to relax some of that stuff a little bit. Tell me a little bit about how we can because that that whole like we add that layer of performance to things. It turns into not just work, but like so much is on the line because I've got to perform.
2: Right. So this is where that quote that we started with, change how you masturbate, change your life really comes into play because this is so true for men where it's like their entire, I see this over and over again, their whole, um, worth in the world is dependent upon their sexual performance. No, even though only a few people in the world know about it, that's what they, that's sort of like the core of, your being Mm. right and if it's not going well or if you don't feel confident or secure in your sexuality um it that's the thing that ripples out so strongly is that you just feel that way throughout your life Mm. right so when you start to come into a different kind of connection with yourself through different kinds of mindful masturbation or self-pleasure practice it starts to do a couple of things so likely it's going to change what happens for you when you're with a partner how so because you have well you're going to i mean i i give people practices but there's lots that you can do where you just start to learn more about your body and what's happening in it so that those patterns of not being able to get an erection or of coming too fast, faster than you want, or you know, losing an erection in the middle of sex with a partner um, or of not being able to come, you start to get more information about what's happening there for you so that you can really train your brain and your body to respond differently. So an example is so often um, challenges with erection, are about anxiety right like we feel we, we i say we i don't have a penis but men feel this like oh my god i have to perform i have to do this thing and it sends your body essentially into a fight or flight response even though there's no threat to your physical being there's a very real threat to your ego and to your confidence as a man if you can't get an erection right and so that registers in your body as a threat the same way that a tiger running at you would and when your body is in that kind of a response, it's virtually impossible to get an erection because the blood is flowing to your limbs so that you can run or fight. And so if you start to notice that, it's like, oh my God, I'm with my partner and I'm feeling turned on, but then I start to get anxious. You there's different things you can do with your breath and even with your mind, because it's all happening in your mind, right? To stop those stories and then um get you out of a fight-or-flight response and then back into enough relaxation that you can get an erection
1: and most of the time this is happening in his own world and he's like god i hope she doesn't pick up on what's happening for me he's trying to hide it there's this kind of Mm -hmm. like oh this tightness of like i got a posture now and make sure she you know i've got it all together is, is part of how you help people and is like, okay, just talk about it too. Just like, Hey, I'm a little worked up right now. I need to take a break. And can we just sit here and hang out and, you know, like what, what happens? Cause to me, like, that's where the relaxation happens. Like,
2: yeah. Oh,
1: I'm just having a moment here and I need to slow down and yep. kind of catch my breath Absolutely. and get back in my body here instead of, you know, freaking out about stuff.
2: Absolutely. And this is tricky. It adds another dimension that can be really challenging because women are inculturated into the same stories about men's performance as men are. And so there are some women that think like if he can't get an erection, something's wrong with him or he's not actually attracted to me or, you know, blah, like there's a million stories that we come up with around it. And so it's a minefield. Um, it, it can only mean minefield. bad. It can only
1: mean bad things, right? There's right. something wrong with him that he doesn't like me. Well, let's not go there.
2: Right. I'm not actually attractive and whatever. So starting to speak to it can be really scary because you don't necessarily know what's happening for your partner. She might be disappointed. She might be frustrated. She might not have a lot of compassion. So, so it's tricky, right? Like, yes, absolutely. Naming what's happening for you. If you're in a relationship where your partner is really supportive and on board, great. If it's a one night stand or someone that you've just met, um, you might get a really different reaction. It's the sad reality of sex. But we
1: can learn. We can learn this stuff. And I, I think that it it comes back to if I'm okay with myself, right? If I'm if the way that I self-pleasure is like, okay, this is me. And I learned that when I do XYZ, I lose my erection. Or if I learn that if I go down this road, I get more aroused. Mm-hmm. When I go into a sexual situation, it's like, okay, like I've got a I've got a sense of how things work here. I've got more confidence with that instead of mm-hmm. what the hell's going on here. This right. I don't know, I don't understand what's happening here? Because I don't really understand myself.
2: I was saying before that, yes, you start to have a different experience of your body because you're more connected to it and you have more awareness around it. But then you also start to have, you're less stuck in the stories of how sex is supposed to happen. So you get out of those scripts entirely. And this can take time because these scripts are deeply embedded. Yeah. To the point where we think that, That sex is just supposed to be erection, intercourse, orgasm, done. No deviation from that at all, right? And that's so limited and can be so boring, right? Where you can have sex that includes all kinds of things, as we know, and it can sort of start and then stop and slow down and then start again. And that's all totally normal. An erection isn't necessarily supposed to just get hard and stay hard. And so you start to have a really different relationship beyond the physical, beyond your physical body where you're just, you're sort of in it for the pleasure rather than for the performance.
1: I think that, I think untying the performance piece is huge. That's that self-image piece. It feels like death if we're going to be judged. We're naked, freaking vulnerable.
2: It's It's really vulnerable. Like yeah.
1: think be just like on a physical level, it's like for a woman, incredibly vulnerable. For a guy too, it's like I'm gonna stick a really sensitive part of myself into a place I can't see. Like it's freaking <laughs> vulnerable. Okay. It's scary, it's scary all the <laughs> way around. So let's just start there. Mm-hmm. That it is scary. And then there's the emotional scary, and it's Like, am I doing well? Is she gonna like me? Is she gonna laugh at me? Is she gonna am I be as big as her last guy? Like what whatever's going through his his yeah. mind, uh-huh. all of that kind of stuff. It's like, well, of course it's weird. Of course it feels weird. Of course it it's 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 scary from time to time. So how can so when that stuff comes up, it's it's okay. Like, of course. Like I'd like to just start from that place. Like it's just freaking awkward. You know?
2: Absolutely.
1: Before I got yeah. married, it was like, oh man, these, these fucking first times are so weird. You know. But then like,
2: it's still weird in a long term relationship sometimes, you know? It's like you have a the session of sex, whatever you want to call it. And it's <laughs> Not just a session. like a session I don't know. <laughs> you have sex with your partner and it's like, wow, in the middle of it, sometimes you'll, I have this happen with my partner in the middle of it. We'll be like, wow, this is awkward. Like we can't quite get in the groove. You can't quite find the right position, even though, you know, you've had sex hundreds of times. It's just like, sometimes it's awkward. and doesn't work the way that it's supposed to, or the way that it usually does.
1: Well, yeah. I mean, after our daughter was born, Allison's body was different, so some yeah. of her, like I think, one of her favorite positions, like it just was, it was painful for her, yeah. and it was like, oh shit, like we're like now we're off the rails, like we have this kid's gonna kill us, and it's killing our sex Like It was just <laughs> like this stuff. It was like, oh no, this doesn't work anymore. So I mean, that's where we went and got help too. It was like, all right, let's yeah. learn. That's how she's got down this path of learning her anatomy and you know, Mm -hmm. and appreciating how her body changes. And I've I've learned along the way too. So I think, I think, but I think that's it, right? It's like, if if we can be okay with the awkwardness and the weirdness of being with ourselves, then it's way more likely that we can be with the awkwardness and the weirdness that shows up when we're with other Mm -hmm. people. But if we never Mm -hmm. really take the time to be with that awkwardness and weirdness of ourselves and we're just racing through it and we think it's bad and then we're taking that, we're carrying that into the interactions that we have with others.
2: Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah, and there's another thing, that I notice men trying to do, which this is sort of like a universal male, I don't know, universal male, but in our culture, men, this is sort of how they operate. I notice where it's like, I want to figure it out, right? I want to figure out the right thing, the right move, the right position, the right kind of touch that's going to be really good for her or feel really good in my body so that I can just rely on it and come back to it over and over. I want to
1: have my move. I want to have my thing that I do, my program.
2: Right. Absolutely. The thing about sex is that you can maybe with a partner find some things that are more reliable that that you can figure out. Right. But it's you're going to have much more satisfying sex if you just start to figure out how to connect with yourself and your body, which this can happen through self-pleasure when you bring mindfulness into it because then you can flex and flow with whatever's actually happening so that it's, you're, you're not in this place of like, Oh my God, I got to do the move. That's the thing that I know that's going to work. It's like, well, you're actually just attuned to the moment as it's arising right? and continually following what feels good for you.
1: And I think, I think what you're talking about is just a great way to look at life in general, right? We can always fall back on our patterns most of us are afraid of uncertainty. We just want to get through the thing and, and not have to go through the effort and the, un- and the weirdness of trying to figure out something else. But it's, it's also where life gets exciting. Like you can go to the same restaurant every Thursday and order the same meal and kind of know what you're getting and go through the pattern. And that mm-hmm. can, that has its, that has its
2: sometimes points it's great. and it's great.
1: And sometimes it's not Absolutely. so great. And I, but I think if, we, if life is starting to feel like a rut, and we're not in touch with our aliveness. We're not in touch with that part of us that is like, yeah, I want something, you know, I want something more, but I can't really do it. Then look outside of the rut, like come back to, maybe I don't really want to do it the same old way, right? Mm-hmm. So what is it that I'm wanting emotionally? What is it that I'm wanting physically? Maybe maybe it's just outside of the realms of what I thought was possible or was even on the menu but uh i think that's where we'll we'll get in touch with the places like oh i couldn't possibly ask for that or what does it mean if i want that or does it mean i'm bad or, but 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 that's where the aliveness is that's where it's like oh shit this is where it gets really good and but it's it's also the, the awkward stuff it's it's uh-huh. willing to go through those experiments and not have it all figured out and not have the move and not have all that certainty so to the degree we're li- willing to let go of that certainty uh, is the degree to which we're willing to opening ourselves up to that aliveness and that, that, mm-hmm. that new possibility.
2: Yeah, and I love what you said there, that this is really a better way to live life. Because it, it. I come back to that quote again, change how you masturbate, change your life, right? And if you start to be able to find in an embodied, in, in, in the moment way, how to flow with all of this stuff through masturbation and sex, that's where you start to get a grounded feeling for that so that you can take that into the rest of your life. Mm. It actually brings it into your body in a different way.
1: You use the word attunement. I I work with guys. Sometimes the the type of person that they are is they they believe in having a great plan. Like everything's Mm -hmm. planned out, everything's mapped out. And I really appreciate that. I'm not a big planner though. I'm uh, more of a, let's get in the water and see what happens. Let's, uh-huh. let's get in there and, and, and find out what happens. So when, so when a guy comes to me with this three page plan about what he's going to be doing over the next six months, and I've had guys even bring spreadsheets in and like, this is what they're <laughs> doing. And was, I was like, do you fuck like that? Like, do you have a spreadsheet? Is that the way you <laughs> fuck? Like, okay, Probably. 10 minutes in the, in this position, we're going to flip over here we're going to do that. And then from this angle, we're going to go blah, blah. It's just like. Where's the spontaneity? Like, how do you know that's what's going to be rewarding and fulfilling at that moment in time? You really don't. It'd be great if that, you can always fall back on the plan if things aren't sure. working, but it's just, it, it cuts us off from the, hey, wait a second. There's something amazing happening over here. I want to go explore this. And right. I think when we get fixated on our plan or fixated on the outcomes, fixated on the performance, we miss those opportunities to just say, hey, I'm, I want to try this. I didn't know this was going to show up here, but I want to I try that now.
2: Oh. Yeah, and that's in those moments, in those moments in in those kinds of situations, it can be helpful instead of having a plan to have sort of tools that you can fall back on so that, you know, say you're with a partner or with yourself and you're having sex and things are going great and then all of a sudden as so often happens it's like okay, that's not working anymore. And then there's that terror of like, oh, what do I do? Oh, no. Our marriage
1: is over. (laughs) We should. Yeah.
2: (sighs) You can feel it just plummeting. But to have a few things um, that you can just switch over to like and simple things like, um, you know, just changing positions a little bit, or if you're touching your partner or yourself, changing the direction of your touch or changing the pressure or the speed, you know, just simple things that you can start to adjust. So instead of having a plan, that's like step one, step two, step three, step four, you have resources that you can rely on so that in those moments you have something to just sort of, okay, let's try this thing. Let's see what happens if I do this. Oh, nope, not that. Okay, let's try this thing. Oh, okay, great, that's working. Let's keep going.
1: And permission to screw up. Permission to not have to have it all together. I think that's the big thing is take the pressure off. Now now we yeah. can go have fun. It doesn't have to be a performance. And and the status of our relationship isn't determined by the how great our sex was today. Yeah. Um, there might be days where it's just a little, it's off. It's just not, not clicking. And then we, and they, they think it's great to have these kind of conversations to come back to like, well, what does turn my partner on? Is it, is it sens- it sensation? Is it okay. fantasy? Like what, what are these things that are happening for my partner and and will be willing to have those conversations. But if I'm just fixated on my performance and how I'm doing and if I made her come and all that kind of stuff, I miss all these opportunities.
2: Yeah. And you're disconnected likely from her and her experience in such a way that makes you um, a not great partner or not great lover. Right. Right. Whereas if you're really in and connected and attuned, then you're going to be likely having a better time yourself because you're less in the, oh my God, I got to figure it out. And she's likely going to be having a better time.
1: Right. Yeah. You're actually there with them. Imagine that. Right. <laughs> okay. Well, tell me a little bit about this uh, sexually sovereign course you're you've got on the on the on that you're offering, folks.
2: Yeah. So it starts October seventeenth. Um, it's six weeks long, and it's really a group. So it's not just a class where you're getting to hear information and um, maybe then go apply it to your life. It's a group where. You're getting to learn with other men, this which is virtual? fucking scary. It's all virtual. Yep. Okay. So you can be confidential.
1: Um, you don't, or, it's or.
2: Totally confident. I mean, it's confidential in that we're going to make agreements ahead of time about what leaves the group, which is nothing. Okay. Um, so everything stays in the group. You'll get recordings, but you won't get recordings of what, of what everyone shared about themselves. You get recordings of the teachings. So your, what you say about your own experiences is deleted, right? It doesn't exist anywhere because that's so important because it's so vulnerable to be talking about these experiences at all, much less with other men. And so, um, so you get to learn with other men, you get to hear about their experiences, you get to share your experience, which is so powerful because we're so, Isolated when it comes to sex.
1: You hear another once you hear another guy talk about the same thing, you're like, oh, I'm not fucked up. I'm okay. Exactly. <laughs> just exactly. Like that even just feels very like, oh, I'm not the only guy that thinks XYZ. And just like exactly. that just takes a
2: huge pressure off. Yeah. So being in a group cuts through shame and fear in a way that just working one-on-one with someone can't really happen in the same way. So so that's a big part of it. And then we're we're giving – I'm teaching with a guy, Robbie Carlton is his name. But we're giving you practices and following up with you on it. Of, did you actually do your homework, homework, home play? They're all pleasure-based um, practices. You better be masturbating. <laughs> exactly. It's your homework. <laughs> um, so that you can take these – Things that are, you know, sex can be so complicated and complex, and it's as we've talked about, such a minefield. And so, it's going to give you ways that you can take these small steps and actually bring them into your body and into your experience, and then be able to take them ultimately to a partner.
1: I'm appreciating how you're 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 orienting towards this because a a lot of the other programs that I see and that get, you know, I'm asked to help people promote are usually around this. They seem to support this idea that guys are gonna be sexual masters and
2: they like they're that?
1: control like they're gonna be able to I don't know, it just seems like more of the same fear based egoic shit. Like uh-huh. it, it doesn't really help just somebody relax and be like, cool, let's let's just hang out. Like to me that's the real freedom. And that's the real power is to be able to go up and down with everything instead of, I've got everything figured out. I've prepared for the like, blah, blah, blah. It's just like, well, or you can learn how to swim if the boat sinks, you know, and you'll right. always be okay. So right. I, I appreciate that there, there's more of that, that what you're talking about here instead of the fear stuff and the need to control. Yeah, I mean, master.
2: It's, it, we're very intentionally the opposite of trying to figure out mastery and control because those feel like um, a further entrenchment into the stories of how men are supposed to be.
1: You're supposed to be a master, you're supposed to be in you're complete to, control. Yeah,
2: of... you're supposed to be able to like lord over your body and have it be able to do whatever the fuck you want. Right. And that's so unrealistic, and ultimately I don't think it's very fun. And there's things that you can learn that bring you in deeper connection with your body so that you have more of what we could call control, but not through trying to force anything. It's through actually listening to what's happening.
1: Right, right. Yeah, There's a, that That to me feels like more of the, the real freedom and the real power that, that you're talking about. Not, mm. I, I'm going to isolate and all the variables and, you know, whatever. It just seems like more of the same fear shit. So. Well,
2: and it's so hard, too, because they're often in these more... And these people that are more oriented towards that, it's like you got to be using the muscles of your pelvic floor in a certain way and breathing in a certain way and pulling down on your testicles oh at this particular God. moment. It's just this like, ugh, like who,
1: who like fucking fucks thing. like that.
2: Like- I know it's so much work.
1: <laughs> ugh. I got to say, when, this was years ago. This is before I was with Allison. I was in another relationship. And I, I went down this road with, the, with this teacher. I won't name the name. Uh, he's, uh, this person is pretty well known in the sexual community I, and I was going to be a fucking sexual master. I wasn't going to get this handled. I was going to be a badass. and it, the, the proof was in the pudding because I just became more of a douchebag. My partner at the time was like, what are you doing? What is this crap you're trying to do? And it was like, I'm fucking sexual master. Are you kidding me? Like it was just, just completely backfired. And the more that I could just relax and mm-hmm. hang out and mm-hmm. really just be accessible. And, and sex was where it, it was more fun and, and, and the connection, everything that I really wanted came through that instead of performing really well. So, yeah. uh, I learned it. I had to learn the hard way. Uh,
2: well, seems I, like you learned pretty quick.
1: <laughs> it was pretty painful to my ego though. I was really oh. going to be the fucking master. So the, the, yeah. literally the fucking master. So the all right, this erotic org Is that where guys go to learn about your course?
2: Um, actually go to sexuallysovereign.com.
1: Sexuallysovereign.com. Okay. Alyssa, Maureen, thank you so much.
2: Mm-hmm. Thank you, Trip. <laughs>
0: <laughs> if these interviews are helping you, then please visit The New Man on
1: iTunes and leave us a positive review so others can discover the show more easily. Thanks for listening.